Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. I am your host, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by Pam Ross. Oakville, Ontario-based Pam is a speaker, culture catalyst, influencer in social HR, founder of Impact 99, the reInvent Work Summit. She's a traveler, a dog lover, and a whole lot more. Pam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bill. I'm really, really excited to be here. And thanks to the HR Gazette for always sharing such great HR info and and insights. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's ju- let's jump straight in with our, with our first question. Tell, tell us a bit about your career uh, up to founding Blue Rebel Works and Impact 99. Okay, sounds great. So I guess to start, the thing that probably has shaped my career the most was my early experience in my first kind of real job, uh, which was working in restaurants. And I started in operations and I was opening restaurants. Um, now, what made it really unique and and kind of um, career shaping or future shaping was that the company was really entrepreneurial. So if you could imagine, I had just graduated from university and I was traveling around Canada with the full autonomy and accountability to be responsible for multi-million dollar restaurant openings, uh, for leading a team of people to train the staff, for making sure the guests were all wowed when they came in on opening day. Um, and at that young age, to have such a large amount of accountability and autonomy, it really made me realize that those are some things that are really important to me in the work world. Um, you know, that the company had a really amazing culture, tons of learning programs. Um, I learned about systems and processes to run a business and also about how to inspire great service through engaging and training people. So it was really a great balance. Um, after that, I moved into HR and uh, got my HR diploma and uh, worked for some of Canada's really recognized names. So Sobeys, one of our grocery chains here, um, some of Carrot's restaurant chains, Kelsey's Montana's, um, uh, you know, that that whole group of restaurants. Um, one day, about five and a half years ago, though, I woke up uh, and really realized that work wasn't meaningful or fun anymore. And uh, it, it sucked. Um, so I didn't want to spend the rest of my life that way. And I, I really knew that work could be awesome, especially based on my prior experience. Um, and I really wanted to help people make work awesome. And so I left my kind of corporate semi-safe or secure job, although I don't think any job is secure or safe nowadays, um, with kind of no idea what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to help leaders build great culture and uh, develop strong teams and ultimately make work great for people. So I started my own business back in uh, September of 2011. Awesome. Thank you. We're going to talk a bit more about uh, the business itself shortly. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we do that, let's uh, get more of an insight into you and what makes you tick. So uh, tell me, where do you draw your inspiration to to grab life, uh, to make every day count? Um, and to and, and to make a difference. Since I started my business, this has really become a focus for me. You know, in the corporate world, I was the typical workaholic. You know, leaving my 
Oakville or Hamilton at the time also home and driving an hour and a half to get to work and working for 10 to 12 hours a day and driving home and still connected to work after work. Um, and since I started my own business, I have really made the um, deliberate effort to get more out of life. And so I do a lot of traveling. Um, I spent a month in Thailand. I've been to China. I've been to Spain, to the UK. I've been to a bunch of different places um, in the last five years. And I just love traveling and learning about different cultures and that sort of thing. It really inspires me. Um, I spend a lot of time in nature. So, you know, sometimes I'll take my laptop out to uh, the lakefront and, and work there. I walk my dog, Piper, a lot, um, although a little less now since she's disabled and unable to uh, do big, long walks. Um, I just spend a lot of time outside. I find nature really helps to inspire me. Um, and probably, well, there's probably four things. The third thing that I uh, make a deliberate, um, have made really deliberate in my life is gratitude. So every single night I think of three things I was grateful for that day. And sometimes they're really simple things like, you know, seeing the sun rise in the morning. Uh, and sometimes they're bigger things like having a great workshop with a client. Um, and then the fourth thing I think is spending time with great people. Uh, I've really um, connected with some amazing and inspiring people. And they say you're a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with. So I really try to spend time with people that inspire me, with people that challenge me, um, you know, that think differently from me so that I can learn and, and grow all the time. Now, uh, now give us an overview of Blue Rebel Works and how the company helps HR pros and leaders. Yes. Uh, Blue Rebel Works has been in the works for so long. Um, when I started my business, it didn't have a name, so I just called it Pam Ross Consulting, super creative. Um, <laughs> and a few years ago, I actually came up with the name Blue Rebel Works and finally launched it just a couple of months ago. So um, our mission and the work we do really has um, stayed the same over the last couple of years, but ultimately um, our mission is to improve people's lives by making work awesome. And the name Blue Rebel Works, uh, blue is the color of trust and freedom, two things that I think are core to a really great culture. Um, the rebel is all about rebelling against tradition and complacency and really the belief that work should suck because we don't believe that. Um, so we really focus on increasing sort of humanity in the workplace. Uh, we teach leaders about authenticity. We help them to really discover their values and their purpose. Um, we, one of the things I think our, um, our clients often find is that, you know, you might hire us to do your leadership development. Um, but we really become a partner in so many ways. So, you know, I, I tend to be sort of the person the HR leader calls when, when she's having a, a rough go on the senior team or trying to uh, influence things and, and being challenged. Um, I tend to do a lot of work uh, on values and culture and helping leaders recognize their behaviors and how those are affecting culture. Um, uh, like what we actually do is we have a culture assessment and sort of a transformation process 
to help create uh, values and purpose-driven organizations. And we have sort of uh, a 10-point culture plan that goes along with that. And then we do a lot of leadership development, so workshops, peer coaching, assessments, training, um, lots of, of that sort of thing. And then we are also row certified. So we train companies to become results-only work environments, uh, which is the uh, balance of 100% accountability and 100% autonomy. You, you've actually stimulated another question uh, that I sure. asked of another guest recently. Um, terribly loaded. Do you think if someone's given uh, all of the training necessary, all the resources necessary, that anyone can become a successful and effective leader? Good question. You know, I think it is not about training. I think a lot of people know what they're supposed to do or you know you can you can be trained uh in a lot of things i think there's a few things that go a little deeper than training and um probably the deepest is fear um i think fear stops people from being great leaders and uh you know it might be the fear of not being liked you know if if you're so focused on being liked you don't challenge people sometimes enough you don't um, you don't delegate the difficult things to them. You don't have courageous conversations with them. And, and that can really stunt your leadership. Um, so fear is probably the biggest one. I think um, leaders who are really authentic and self-aware and know, know their own leadership philosophy um, are just better leaders. Like there are tactics that we can teach. So how to have a feedback conversation and what the flow is. And we do that sort of thing. Um, but I think when leadership really becomes leadership and not just managing um, is when people, when leaders realize their own values, their own purpose, the legacy they want to leave and uh, live the leadership the way they want to be a leader so i mean there's not one style of leadership but it works for everyone so i think um the training is a part and it's really important especially for first-time managers but leadership is deeper and uh self-awareness values and fear are uh, the things that you really have to focus on now tell us a bit about the secret sauce which allows Blue Rebel Works to provide a balance of operations and HR experience uh, when it comes to helping companies connect the dots between business strategy and, and culture. I mean, I think a lot of this stems from uh, my prior work in operations. So coming from an ops background, operations wants to simplify and systematize and make things easy. For, for operations to work. And HR sometimes tends to complicate. Um, so I think that my ops background brings in sort of the simplification piece. Um, and then I've got, you know, uh, what, 12, 13 years of HR experience in all different areas of HR. So understanding uh, the, the entire employee experience from, you know, recruiting to uh, kind of end of employee experience when someone decides to leave the organization. Uh, it kind of helps to see the whole picture. Um, I think what is unique about us, and there's a few things that are, are unique about what we do. One is um, 
I am always looking for cutting edge practices and what like really unique and innovative companies are doing as far as culture and people practices, and then digging deep to understand how they transform their organization or how they get work done in these unique ways. Uh, and then sharing those stories and figuring out what works for different companies and how to tweak great ideas to work for, um, for your business. Um, I think that the connecting strategy to culture is a really important part of what we do. So there's a question, and I, I'm stealing this from a book I read, uh, Change the Culture, Change the Game by Roger Connors and Tom Smith. And I may misquote it, but the way I ask it is, if everyone in your organization is to continue to do the same things the same way, are you going to meet your strategic objectives? So it, if not, what has to change? Because your culture creates the behaviors and the habits that people do, and ultimately the way they serve your customers, the way they get work done, and the results that you get. So by really clearly connecting your strategic objectives and the results that you need to get to the behaviors that people are doing every day at work, and then ultimately to the values and the, the leadership habits that created those behaviors, we can get at how we have to change culture. So it, it kind of takes the strategic into the tactical. Um, so I think that is a big way that we look at helping to transform organizations and connect that culture and business strategy piece. Okay, thank you. So you've spoken about the uh, all of the efforts and measurements that go into the transformation. So what are the key metrics for measuring a successful company culture? So once those practices have, have happened and once these new uh, attitudes and processes have been in, in, instilled within an organization, uh, how then can I, can I stand there with my yardstick and, and measure the success of this company culture? Uh, great question. So, I mean, as an ops person, the first place I look is your actual results. So what's your customer satisfaction scores or your net promoter scores or your your over your sales or whatever the metrics are that you use to measure your business results um, and then and starting there. So if you're not getting the results you aspire to achieve, then there's usually a culture problem. And then we use um, the Barrett culture transformation tools, which have been around for 20 years. Um, but still stand strong, and they measure levels of entropy. Um, so if, there's a, if there is some sort of culture problem, then what is it? So we can look at the level of entropy, which is uh, how much frustration or dysfunction is within the, the team and what's causing it. Um, so you find out what, through this survey, what's causing that level of entropy, and then work on ways to change it. Um, and then the other thing is every time we start a project, we look at what the client is measuring currently. So, you know, one of the one of our most recent success stories has been we've been on a two year um, culture and leadership development journey with one of our clients and they did their first employee engagement survey just um, around the time we started working with them. And many of the questions were about direct manager relationships and about trust in the organization um, and about communication with leadership and, and management. And so those were some metrics that we wanted to improve. And we just they just did their survey again uh, two years later. So we've been working with them for two years now. And they saw double-digit growth 
in almost every metric that we were looking at uh, improving. So, you know, depending on what you measure, we'll work with that, but ultimately it's about your results and then about um, that level of entropy and, and figuring out what's causing the frustration in the system. Now, you're, you're a well-known influencer in the HR leadership space. Uh, <laughs> that always freaks me out when people say that. <laughs> uh, this, despite uh, how, how you and I first met in person, where, when I just came and sat down on the table at, uh, at the Thri- Thrive in Your Life event, I think it was, uh, last year. Yes. I'm like, oh, hi, I'm Bill. And he said, I'm Pam Ross. I'm like, I know that name. And, and, then it, uh, <laughs> and, and then a little bulb went off in my mind. Anyway, side story. Um, you're a well-known uh, influencer in the HR leadership space. Which other influencers do, do you follow and, and why? Okay, so there's, I mean, there's lots of HR influencers that I follow and love to read their stuff or connect with them. So, you know, Megan Biro, uh, Jay Coons, who writes the No Excuses HR blog. Um, I love Liz Ryan's stuff. Gary Hamill, I've been following him for years and years, and uh, I feel like he's been around for so long, he's got to get rusty, but his stuff is always good. Um, Marla Gottschalk, and I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but lots of really cool um, information about psychology and and uh, soci- sociology and workplace. Uh, Doug Kirkpatrick, uh, who writes a lot about self-management. Um, Josh Burson is one of the thought leaders uh, around HR and usually has good stuff. Some really great Canadian influencers like Jane Watson, Bonnie Tidgemeyer, love to read their stuff. The thing I find, though, is a lot of us are talking about similar things. So I'm always looking for kind of something outside HR. So I also read uh, or follow Brene Brown. And um, I find, uh, well, Brene Brown, Dan Pink, Simon Sinek, um, Frederick Laloux, who wrote a great book, Reinventing Organizations. I listened to some cool podcasts like Invisibilia or Hidden Brain, which are more about uh, kind of unique stories and different ways of looking at the world. And they sometimes challenge my views. Gosh, I love Buffer's blog. Uh, I love the way their culture is and how transparent they are. Uh, Awesome. And then I find a lot of inspiration in random places. So, uh, you know, Jay-Z wrote a book years ago, and I read that and found so many kind of connections from that to HR and culture that I wrote a blog about it for talent culture. And, uh, you know, I still like just look at things like that or a Seinfeld episode I mentioned in a LinkedIn blog because it stood out to me around when um, I don't know if you remember the Seinfeld episode where George was part had his car parked at the office so it looked like he was always the first one to leave and and last first one to arrive and last one to leave Um, and just kind of the insanity of measuring our work by our time and our seat Uh, so like Seinfeld World War Z I've mentioned in blogs before so I I have this weird way of connecting whatever I'm watching or reading to business, which sometimes drives me crazy, but um, it's a weird way of being influenced. <laughs> wow. There are a lot of names there. I, I never really given I know, sorry. thought. No, I've never given thought before to Jay-Z as an HR thought influence. <laughs> um, Come on. You, 
you, you mentioned lots of people there. You also mentioned um, Megan from Talent Culture. I got uh, an opportunity yeah. to work with Megan, and she's an awesome and inspiring and impressive person. Um, so Great. for those of you out there who have not heard of it or have never visited the website before, if, if there are any HR leadership practitioners out there, uh, talentculture.com, wonderful okay. resource for anything to do with leadership, HR, talent recruitment, and so forth. Um, yeah. yeah. There's my little shout out there for you, Megan. Uh, much love from the mm-hmm. HR Gazette. Uh, next, uh, you've, you've produced a lot of amazing events. What, what are your top three tips to create a powerful and impactful business event? So our, one of the things I find difficult about producing an event is that it's kind of a one-day thing and then people go back to their work and do the same old things. And I'm so passionate about creating change and helping people take action Um, So some of the things that I think makes our events special or different is we work really hard to build a community around the event. And for months afterwards, uh, before and afterwards, we're engaging them on social media or through email. Um, We provide some really specific ways of networking at our events so that people are able to meet each other or meet the people that they should meet. Uh, so, you know, things like deliberately setting up table seatings for people uh, that maybe work in different industries or the same industries and moving people around. Or we do a low-tech social network that helps people connect throughout the day. Um, and then we, uh, the third thing, I think, is the personal touch that we do. So as an example, at the last reInvent Work Summit, We asked people why they were passionate about reinventing work when they registered to come. And then we created uh, personalized uh, tote bags for everyone with their own purpose around reinventing work on their own bag. So I think some of those personal touches really help people to feel connected to the community. Um, And then, I mean, the speakers themselves and the format of the day, we focus on inspiring sort of thought leadership and things, people that you wouldn't hear at regular conferences, and then action in the afternoon. So we try to move from kind of inspiration to action throughout the day so that people leave with some things to do when they go back to work. Okay, so what are the plans for for this year? Um, Are you involved (laughs) in any other events as an organizer, speaker, or an attendee in the next 12 months? Uh, Yes. so I am doing a few HRPA events, um, but usually I am I do quite a few HRPA chapter uh, speaking events. Um, I will be at Work Human and will be blogging and tweeting and posting from Work Human. It is bar none, uh, possibly even including Impact 99 and the Reinvent Work Summit. Uh, one of the best, definitely the best other event that I've ever been to. Um, so I'm, I'll be at that in uh, late May, early June uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. I will also be at the Archangel Summit. Simon Sinek is speaking at it. I'm not sure who else is, but I, I like his stuff too. Um, so I'll be following, uh, I'll be at that. And then we're, we're working on the next evolution of the reInvent Work Summit. Not sure what form it'll take yet, but this year there will be some sort of reInvent Work Summit that people can participate in. Okay. Well, when when you've got more details, please do share them with the HR Gazette and we'll uh, help spread the word to our audience. Awesome. Well, that just leaves me with the final question for today before we wrap up, I'm afraid. Uh, how, how can how can our listeners learn more about you, Pam? Probably, well, our website is bluerebelworks.com. 
So that's a uh, first place to go. And then connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Pam Ross, pretty easy to find. And on Twitter, I am at Blue Rebel Works and also at Pamela May, M-A-E, Ross, Pamela May Ross on Twitter. Uh, I tweet quite a bit, so I'm happy to connect with people there too. Thank you for listening to the well, HR well, Chat well, Podcast, Pam, thank you very much brought to you by the HR, HR Gazette. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you, Bill. And listeners, until next time, I'm your host, Bill Bannum. This has been the HR Chat Podcast.